Good morning, church. Um, as Colin mentioned, my name is Wes Raspberry, and I'm the, the student minister here. Um, and, and honestly, I didn't know that in just two months of being here, I'd be expected to be up here I'm in front of everyone. Um, I don't know if Colin missed the memo, or maybe I did, um, but I signed up to be the student minister, not the preaching minister. Um, but anyway, here we are. Uh, Colin asked me to, to, to speak this morning, and so here we are. Um, but to start off, I, I want to follow Colin's lead here a little bit and ask the Lord for a little bit of help. So would you pray with me? God, thank you for today. Um, thank you for uh, an opportunity to gather together today. Thank you for this, this place and this space um, to be together. God, thank you for, for who you are, um, for what you've done in our lives, and for what you will do. Thank you for the hope that we have in you because of you. God, I ask today that you'd pour through me the gift of preaching so that Christ would be formed in our hearts. I pray all this in, in your Son's name, uh, through whom we have life. Amen. So as I started to think about what to talk about or, or what to preach on today, my mind immediately went to Thanksgiving, because we just celebrated Thanksgiving, right, this past Thursday, so it's pretty timely. Um, and not only that, but it's, it's my favorite holiday of the whole year. I shared some of this with uh, the high school students last week in class, but I love Thanksgiving. I love a Thanksgiving holiday, more than my birthday, more than Christmas, more than any other holiday. Uh, it's just, it's my favorite I love it for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, I love Thanksgiving because of the Thanksgiving meal. Um, growing up, my family always gathers um, and goes to my nanny's house, my grandma's house. We call her nanny. And uh, nanny creates and, uh, and prepares this incredible Thanksgiving meal. Because um, not only is there turkey that she's worked on for who knows how many hours, but there's mashed potatoes and gravy, and there's, there's dressing, and there's corn, and there's green beans, and there's uh, rolls, and there's black-eyed peas, and, and just all this stuff, right? It's just this whole feast that we have. And if you thought you were stuffed by the end of the meal, you're, you're, you're not done yet. Um, because to top it all off, you get a choice of either pumpkin or pecan pie. Or, or if you're one of Nani's favorites like I am, you get a little bit of both. Um, and I love that. I love that, that food. I love that meal. But I also love it because... Um, Thanksgiving is such a, a family-themed holiday, right? We gather around the table with our family or, or maybe our close friends who we might consider family. Um, and, and it's just this time to celebrate family and being together, sharing a meal. At, at my nanny's house, we all go there. Um, growing up, we would go there. We didn't get to go this year. We went with Kylie's family. Um, but, but my family gathered there, and we stay there for like three or four days, like the Thanksgiving holiday turns into the Thanksgiving holidays or the holla half week. Um, and and we, we're just there together and we, um, it, we're just crowded in this house together. It's not the biggest house in the world, um, but we're, we're all there together. And, and I'm not talking about like just my family, like my six family and, and then my, my nanny and papa. I'm talking about like 20 people, like 20 to 30 people sometimes are all in this house together. And it's crowded, and, and you have to sleep on an air mattress, and so it's not comfortable, and, um, and, and you don't have a lot of privacy because there's so many people, and you have to fight for a bathroom, and you have to figure out when you're going to take a shower. Um, but it's just this time that we get to come together, and we get to enjoy um, one another's company, and we, we share stories, and we play games, and it's just this great family time. 
And I also love Thanksgiving um, because, as Taylor mentioned, um, I like to get good deals on the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, I like to go and, and, and I like to, to be able to buy a TV if I want to for half the price of what I would normally pay, right? You can get some pretty good deals. And I'm not one of those who goes and, like, fights over those things. And, and, and I'm not one of those who goes and, um, and I don't go on Thanksgiving night. And if that's, if that's you and you're here today, um, let me say that God's grace is big enough for you too. Um, but even that, even, even Black Friday shopping has, has been turned into a tradition for my family. You see, on, on Thanksgiving night, all of, the, all of the wives and the sisters and the, um, all the college-age females and up will gather together and they'll um, get at the table and they'll comb through all of the Black Friday ads and they'll circle what they need or what they need to buy for Christmas presents. And then Friday morning, they'll wake up at some hour that humans shouldn't see um, and they'll go and they'll, they'll buy, you know, all this stuff and they'll get good deals. You can get good deals on Black Friday, right? But it's, it's for all these reasons, um, all these things that I, I love Thanksgiving the most. But there's also one more that, um, one more reason why I love Thanksgiving. And that's because I love the idea of being thankful. Because here in America, right, here in Texas, here in Collin County, here in Greenville Oaks Church, we have a lot of reason to be thankful, don't we? I mean, think about your own life. Think about um, your life today. What do you have to be thankful for? What can you be thankful for today? Maybe it's, maybe it's your family that you just got to spend time with, or maybe you're tired of them, so maybe that's not it. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the food that you got to eat, right? The meal that you got to have. I'm pretty thankful for that. Maybe it's the, the house, the, the home, the apartment that you got to gather in and get out of this kind of dreary, nasty weather, um, out of the cold. Maybe it's, maybe it's your job, the place where you work and the, the people you get to work with. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's the people sitting around you. Maybe it's your spouse or your kids. Or maybe it's something, maybe it's something bigger than that, like life, <laughs> life in general. Maybe it's the breath that you're breathing. You see, Colin kind of mentioned this last week. Even the breath that we're breathing right now is a gift, isn't it? We didn't know that we were going to have that this morning when we woke up. It's a gift. So maybe you're, maybe you're thankful for that. Or maybe you're here this morning and, and you're on the other end of the spectrum. Or maybe you're here this morning and Thanksgiving was a really hard holiday for you. Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't know. I can't think of any reason to be thankful right now. I've got too much junk and too much mess and too much suffering and too much pain in my life to be thankful. And if that's you and you're here today, hear me say that I get that. I've, I've had times in my own life where I've experienced pain and suffering. Um, hear me say that, that if that's you and you're here, hear me say that you're welcome here. This is a church that wants to love you and support you and help you in whatever way we can. Because inevitably life happens, right? And things come up and problems come. But I want to preach a different sermon today. I want to preach um, and, and try to give us maybe, maybe a glimpse of hope in the midst of, of all that junk that's happening in your life. You see, we're, we're in the season in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? We just celebrated Thanksgiving and we're coming up on Christmas. 
Um, and, and as Taylor mentioned and, and Colin mentioned, today is actually the first day of the Advent season. And for some of y'all who um, may be unfamiliar with that term, Advent is the season that celebrates Jesus' coming into this world, Jesus' birth. And it's focused on the hope and anticipation um, and the waiting of Jesus' coming. And, and Colin already mentioned it, but it's so timely because we have this guide for you to celebrate with your families, right? Um, we're in this Advent season because we believe that Jesus came, right? That he was born, that he entered into our world, into our messy world, and he took on flesh. And even more than that, we believe that he did some incredible things in his life. And ultimately, he ended up on the cross and bore our, our pain and our suffering and took on our sins and covered it, right? We believe that Jesus came and that we can be a part of the promise of eternity with him. I like the way that um, Romans, Romans 5 verse 1 says this. Paul says this in Romans says, therefore, since we've been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand through him, and we boast in the hope of God's glory. And Paul's talking about the, the, the peace that we have with God, right? Um, and, and oftentimes in the Bible, it talks about peace being with God. I just taught about that in middle school class, um, the, the the peace that comes from God. But here Paul's taking it one step further. He's saying that we have peace with God as in we are not enemies with God any longer. Um, We're not sinners. God doesn't see us as sinners anymore because it's covered, right? We have peace with God and we have this promise because of the actions of Jesus, because of what Jesus did. We are at peace with God. Paul says that's it, that did it, that won our freedom, right? We are promised that. Let's continue in verse 3. But not only that, we even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I don't know about you, but when I read that for the first time, I was like, what? We take pride in our problems. We take pride in the fact that we have trouble. Because suffering is never a fun place to be in, is it? You never want to sit in your suffering. You don't wake up. I, I don't know about you, but I didn't wake up today and say, oh, I'd love to, um, to take on a bunch of suffering today. I'd love to be faced with a lot of problems today. Um, I'd love for a lot of pain to enter my life today. You don't say that. It's not something we ever want to deal with, is it? But it eventually comes. It eventually happens. But Paul says we can take pride in that. Why? Because trouble produces endurance. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. So our troubles ultimately produce our hope. Now what? Scratching your head there. Um, but, but I think Paul's, Paul's touching on something maybe bigger than than that. Maybe, maybe he's touching on the fact that sometimes when we're in our suffering, when we're sitting there and we're faced with suffering, we have to respond somehow, right? We have to, we have to respond and we have to, to take action one way or another. And as Christians, we kind of have the upper hand because we've got 
God who we can go to. Um, God promises us that, we'll, that he'll be present with us. We can find peace in him. And we also have our, our community of faith. But not only that, God tends to work in times of suffering, doesn't he? I like the way that Colin Smith says this. I think we've got the slide. He says, God will use the hardest things in your life to achieve something of infinite value. God can make the points of greatest pain in your life the place in which he creates a remarkable resemblance of Jesus Christ. So maybe Paul's touching on that. The fact that that maybe our times of suffering are more than just times of suffering. Maybe our times of pain are more than just times of pain. Maybe they're opportunities to respond. Maybe they're reminders that we need God and we need others. Maybe they're reminders of the way that God works in our lives. Let's continue in in Romans 5, verse 6. While we were still weak at the right moment, Christ died for ungodly people. It isn't often that someone will die for a righteous person, though maybe someone might dare to die for a good person. Let's continue. (laughs) But God shows his love for us, because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So now that we've been made righteous by his blood, we can be even more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him. If we were reconciled to God through the death of his son while we were still sinners, now that we've been reconciled, how much more certain is it that we'll be saved by his life? And not only that, Paul says, we can even take pride in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one through whom we now have a restored relationship with God. People don't die for ungodly people. People don't die for sinners. Someone might dare to die for someone who's good, who's lived a good life. Um, People might die for someone who's famous, maybe, right? But not someone who um, is bad or who's ungodly or a sinner. Christ did, right? Christ did. Christ died for us while we were enemies with God. And because of that, we are at peace with God. The slate has been wiped clean. We're free. We're promised this truth. We're promised this, this chance at, at eternity, right? This, this eternal life. See, there's something that I picked up on Thanksgiving um, about the season, this, this time of giving thanks that I never have really before this year. Um, and Colin hit on it last week. He said, gratitude um, is, let me find it. <laughs> gratitude is developed when we look outside and see the needs of others. Gratitude calls us to look out. It's really hard to be thankful. It's really hard to be um, someone who gives thanks if you're focused on yourself. I mean, think about, think about the things that, that we went through, the examples that I gave for maybe what you were thankful for. All of those were either other people or were helped or built or produced by other people. Right? I, didn't, I didn't build my house. <laughs> I didn't make my food. Um, someone else did. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for those people. And especially life and breath, right? We, we're not promised that. But God gives us that. God gave us that today. And so we have reason to be thankful, don't we? We have reason to be thankful. Jesus came and entered our world. He took on flesh and he walked around like you and I. And ultimately he went to the cross. And he took on our sins and wiped the slate clean. 
And that's powerful. And we have hope in that. We can have hope in that. But we don't just have hope there, because the story doesn't end there, does it? Because Jesus died, our God died, but our God was raised. Our God beat death. He defeated death, and he rose from the grave. And I'll let Colin preach that sermon on Easter, um, but that's the reason for our hope, because our story, the story doesn't end with the cross. It doesn't end with death, but it continues. I like the way that, um, that Paul says this in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And you may have heard some of this phrasing before in, in some contemporary worship songs, but um, he says, And when the rotting body has been clothed in what can't decay, and the dying body has been clothed in what can't die, then this statement in Scripture, in scripture will happen. Death has been swallowed up by a victory. Where is your sting, death? Where is your victory, death? And it, it, as if to clarify, he throws it in parentheses here. He says, death sting is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But then he ends with this. He says, thanks be to God who gives us this victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love that phrasing. I love the songs when I hear that in songs. I love that idea that that death has no more sting, that death doesn't have a victory over us, right? Um, It's in songs like Forever and Christ is Risen and Scandal of Grace. But my favorite rendition is from a, a medieval poet named John Donne who was a contemporary of, of William Shakespeare. I mean, I was introduced to him while I was at, at ACU. Um, and and he, he touches on this um, in one of, his, one of his sonnets, his holy sonnet number 10. And I was going to read it to you all up here, but I remember that I don't know Old English very well. So um, I'll just kind of paraphrase it. But he starts out and he says, Death be not proud, though some have called you so. So death, don't be, don't be puffed up. You're, you're a little too puffed up. You're a little too proud right now. He says, don't be proud because you don't have the last say. You don't have the last say over everyone. Maybe, maybe some people, maybe some people who don't know Jesus, right? But you don't have the last say over everyone, and you don't have the last say over me. And my favorite part is the end. He says, one short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. Because even death will die, right? Even death will be overcome. Even our, even our, our pain and our sorrow and our, our trouble in this world will be overcome because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. But as every story has an end, every story has a beginning too, right? And our story does as well. And it starts with Jesus coming into our world. It starts with Jesus entering into our world. Um, it starts with Jesus taking on flesh and walking around like you and I. It starts with Jesus and this perfect being entering a not-so-perfect world. And that's the season that we're in. That's the season that we're in right now, this Advent season. So we too today can join in the hopefulness and the awaiting of Jesus because as he came, he's going to come again. So church, as we remain in the place, this place of in-between times, in between life and death, in between earth and heaven, in between Jesus' first and second coming, 
and even in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. May we live into both thankfulness and into hope. What better reason to be thankful than for the hope that we have? We're going to watch a short video about um, this Advent season, um, so join with me in that. It's dark. The world lies in sin and error pining. The shadows are conspiring. But a light is coming. The Lord has been quiet for four centuries. The prophets are gone. There are no signs to see. It's silent. But let me tell you something, a voice is coming. The patriarchs are long dead. The judges were traded for a bunch of crowned heads. This monarchy though, consistently failed and misled. No system is working, but there's a new king coming. Man's dead in religion. Legalism reigns. Ceremonial acts which are just simply profane. The law is not working. But a new covenant is coming. The people are defiling. The rituals God is despising. Even the priests are compromising. And the sin offerings... They're worthless sacrificing. Oh, but get ready because a lamb is coming. The temple is a den of thieves. A brood of vipers are the Pharisees. Same too for the Sadducees. They don't even know there's a new high priest coming. The nations are suffering. Evil is chuckling, and the faithful are left wondering, does God even care? Oh, let me tell you something, Emmanuel is coming. God's people desire a glorious king. The world is yearning for eternity, a perfect sacrifice each soul desperately needs. It's a silent night, but hope is in sight. The most precious gift God is bestowing. The Bethlehem star begins glowing. Let the good news start growing. A baby is coming. So this week, church, May we be both thankful and hopeful. May we remember what we have, not just here on earth, but also awaiting us as well. May we um, live into the season between Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, between giving thanks and hoping for Jesus. May May we remember that even death will one day die, and we will be restored and reconciled with our Father in heaven. Go in peace.